So you're very welcome to today's edition of Road We Are On podcast. And today we're going to revisit the hotel industry in Ireland. And I'm delighted today to be joined by Francis Brennan, who is the owner of the Park Hotel in Kenmare. Thank you very much for joining us, Francis. Not at all, Fergal. Delighted. I hope you're all well in Cork. You escaped the floods of recent days. You did, yeah, yeah, we sure did. Well, we're based up in Maynooth, but uh, I know Cork and, oh, Cork and Killarney and, and they got it in a, in a, in a tough week. Um, but look, at, like we do with all our guests, Francis, I just wanted to talk to you about the, the early days of the Park Hotel and maybe from your young childhood and how that brought you down to Killarney and brought right. you through the doors of the Park, or sorry, Ken Mayer, through the doors of the Park Hotel for the first time. Yeah, yeah. It's what you call it. It's... Um, it's, it's all a forward story, funny enough. Like when I was a kid, I used to work in a, a place called The Step In in Dublin, which was a gastro pub of today's standard, if you know what I mean. It was a big pub, did a big food business, and I used to work there at weekends, all right? And uh, that was my first taste of the industry, per se. My father was a grocer, so I grew up working in a shop all my life, putting the cornflakes up the shelf all with the right name out and the tin of beans all properly placed. That was a stickler he should have been a super queen my uh, i used to say but my mother was one of these people oh no tom we've enough we've enough we don't need to be take chancing anything because my mother was well even all my life she was hugely overcautious like oh, don't be doing that and you're doing too much and you'll die young and blah, blah, poor mom she's like a, a real irish mother worrying about her sons so um i worked in that business for a long time all right and then i ended up going uh to, to work uh, at weekends in the step in, which is a pub. And I, I I just found out I had the ability to look after like 14 tables, no trouble, everybody happy, but unbelievable. Because as I passed, if you were looking for extra chips or something, I just give you a squeeze. I, I, I have this thing and I still do it today. I give you a little squeeze, which means like I'm with you, I'm working for you, but give me a minute. <laughs> and it works grand, right? So I, 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 I do that. And I used to get, like, I remember one night, Back in now, this was 1976, I'd say. All right, one night I got £40 in tips, wow. which was a which was a week's wages for a man working in sure. Guinnesses or somewhere at that stage. All right, like it was just I, I just loved my job. All right, anyway. So then, um, I when I left school, I left school in 74, 70, no, 72. Uh, I was in COS Catholic University School in Dublin. Um, and I left school and I did an interview with juries down. They were in Dame Street at the time. If they had that site today, they'd be very happy. All right. Sure. But uh, they were right in Dame Street at that time. And they were they used to run a management course, you know, two years working in different departments and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, I decided I'd go and work with them. So actually they placed me in Sligo on a in the kitchen. I was chefing for six months in the kitchen, which I, I loved too. All right. It was a very busy, busy hotel. You'd have like 400 for two weddings every weekend. And I used to be, I was in charge of uh, starters. So like you'd have to get 800 starters ready, if you know what I mean. It would be like, it was just mad busy, but I loved it. I I, I bought a bicycle and I used to um, ride all over the country because I found out that, and still today I give out to my staff because if you're on a split duty, they all go to bed in the afternoon, okay? Like it's one of the things for a snooze. Now I know that it's a hard business and you're on your feet all the time, but when you're 19 or 20, you needn't be going to bed. Just get on with it, all right? So I bought a bike because that meant that I didn't go to bed. I took off on the bike when we'd have a split duty. I'd be off maybe at uh, one o'clock, wherever it was, and I wouldn't be back till six and I'd go off on the bike anyway. So it was one of those things I learned. So even today I say to youngsters, now don't go to bed and I have a great... Um, restaurant manager Louise and she's a different for the bed in the afternoon <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of anti-bed in the afternoon but anyway everyone was different so I worked down the then my father dad had unfortunately didn't have good health all his life he had emphysema now he didn't help because he smoked maybe 40 cigarettes a day but that was life in those 50s and 60s right yeah. so he ended up not being well and then he got very, very sick and he ended up getting emphysema at 53 years of age and he never was able to work a day after that because he just wasn't able all right so anyway I had to give up my job after about four months in Sligo and come back and look after the shop which I did quite happily that was fine that's life you just get on with it all right I didn't moan and give out or anything so anyway I ran the shop for two years and then dad said to me did I want it like that it would be mine if I wanted it and I said oh no dad I just like the hotel business I want to go back to the hotel business so he said right so we sold the shop and I went then, I went to Cahabrust. Well, actually, I wasn't this interesting too. I 
only got one. I wasn't a good student at school. No, I, I wasn't a good student, I'd say, at Carl Brewster either, but they just liked my enthusiasm and gave me extra points. I, I'd be very good for that, what, the, what they're doing at the moment, that points thing, because everyone would know I'd be mad to do it, but don't ask me to write it down or anything, because really I'm not great like that. Okay? On a practical level, you'd be very good. Yeah, oh yeah, brilliant at that. Yeah, okay, so it'd be all right for the practical. I'd be getting good marks in the Leaving Cert this year for the practical, if nothing else. I'd be trying to learn the French. And I, and I mean, at school, I always remember we did Latin. Uh, Mr. Ramsey was the teacher's name. And now if I was looking in a cornflakes box, I'd know as much about Latin today as I did after learning it for six years because I just couldn't get it. All right. But I would be at home uh, doing my homework, trying to remember the first line of the, of the piece we had to translate or whatever. Because if I got going, I could keep going. But if I didn't get going, I'd never get going. Never. And I used to, I always remember that, trying to beat Latin into me and I was just wasting my time. All right. I'm sure you weren't but, the only one in, in school at that age with Latin. No, no, not at all, but we used to Latin. And then people say to me to this day, uh, I have a great friend in Bristol in England, uh, Sheila Cutner, and she says, but Francis, she's awfully nice. But Francis, she says, can't you see the similarities in the English? Now? I'm thinking, will you get lost, Sheila? I haven't time to be thinking that Ips's buses, whatever it is, is something like similar to, it's a fine day. I have no notion that there's a connection between Latin and English. I just don't get it. So anyway, she laughs at me. But anyway, so I worked, th- um, I went to college. Oh, just I was trying to get into college. I only had one leaving search um, um, honour. I only had one honour. And you had to have two to go to college. So I went in to see uh, Bob Lawler was his name, the principal. And I said to him, now listen, look, I've worked for two years in the business and, you know, I'm like really keen on doing it. And I was working with juries before and I want to go back to it and all the rest. Anyway, they had a big meeting upstairs. I'm sure they had no meeting at all, but we were, everything has to go upstairs. A bit like the banks, it has to go upstairs before right. anyone can say yes or no. We all know about that at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Every banker in Ireland seems to live upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we uh, it had to go upstairs. Anyway, they let me into college, all right? And then I'm in college and I'm, th- and I'm doing a diploma course, three years, very happy. And then I'm thinking, oh, I could do a diploma. I could do a, a degree course because there was a degree course running at the same time, or coming up, it wasn't actually running, it was starting. So I went to see Mr. Lawler again, and I said to him, you know, could I transfer? Well, he said, you'd have to get two honours in your leaving cert. So simultaneously to my first year in college, I did my leaving cert again, and I did five subjects, mm-hmm. right? But I did subjects like economics, um, home economics, which was cooking, which I was always good at anyway, um, uh, accountancy, business organisation, and French, right? And I got four A's in the business subjects, right? Mm. Which told me all about streaming in life that I should never have been doing Latin and things like that. That's right. I should have in the been first doing, place. Yeah, I should have been doing business things, all right? So anyway, and I st- and I failed French, uh, which is that the family thinks is hilarious because actually I can speak French a bit now, and they always think when they hear me if I have to speak French, they're always giving me a dirty robe about losing it and the leaving cert again. Anyway, so you know, families are great for that. So anyway, I transferred then from the diploma course to the degree course. And then I finished the degree. And we were one of the first, Pat Delaney, do you know Pat? I do. From, yeah. from what you call it, yeah. Well, Pat was, they were the first class to go out of a degree course. Well, out of, out of it was a higher diploma in hotel and catering management, which was the degree. Um, but they actually were like six weeks ahead of something that didn't allow them to get the degree because the course wasn't um, assessed in time by some Scottish university. And to this day, Pat is still trying, and rightly so, to get a degree. <laughs> to get his degree. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I worked there. So then, of course, all during college years, I worked I worked in a peas and beans factory that would give you, I could talk about it forever here, okay? But it was a good learning experience from a food point of view in a factory. Yeah. One thing I learned was I never want to work in a factory ever in my life again. And no matter how hard you worked in, I worked in the park, I could come out on the steps That's and look right. down over Kenmer Bay and say, and I work here. So a I beautiful you know, location. Outdoor yeah, outdoor. absolutely. So we had a lot going for us in Kenmer. So anyway, um, and then I worked in Jersey in the Channel Islands for a period. And then... I then the third year in college, I got the opportunity to go to Park Nasilla to work for Christmas. Um, and I remember we came down on the train with a free uh, CIE ticket, which was always part of the package. All right. right. Because we're all the same scenario at, the, at that time. And they, we got off the got off the train in Killarney, uh, got into the back of a transit van with no windows and took off for Park Nasilla, where I was going to work. Now, the van never stopped going. It was like an hour and a half or whatever it was from Killarney at that time on the roads. And the roads were absolute. There was no windows in the van. And I kept thinking, 
where am I going? Because nowhere could be this far from a railway station as far as I was concerned. But anyway, I got to love Park Priscilla, worked with Brendan Marr. Um, we got on great. I came back for the summer. I went back to college. I finished graduation college. And then he asked me to come full time to Park Priscilla, which I did do. And then I, myself and Colm Rice had a bit of a row over some report from the government that I wasn't included in to get an increase in wages. So I left. Okay, I stood by my principles and said, well, I've done the job and I'm not being paid and I'm not in that report because I wouldn't be ever mentioned in that report. <laughs> and then coming down the corridor, Breach O'Donoghue, whom we all know from Primark days and Great Southern days, pulled me into the HR office and gave me an awful grilling about, did I not know I was going to be learning so much? And did I not know I was going to be doing this? And did I not know that it would stand to me for life? And I said, listen, the only thing that doesn't matter is that I'm not getting paid. I said, everything else is great but you just don't pay me. So anyway, I and did what leave. What age were you, Francis, at that stage? What age were you at that point? 22, I suppose, right. around 22. But I wasn't afraid of anyone. I, yeah, I, I was sure. very straight, all right? Now, I'm quite a shy person, funny enough. People don't believe that, but in my nature would be to say, just say nothing and stay quiet, right? right. But if, if I'm of the principle that I, like, I had done a food and beverage manager situation in, in Parkinson for the year because uh, um, those other circumstances that arose out of, and I didn't care less. When I left Parkinson, I always remember they owed me 72 days extra, not holidays now, extra in the two years that I worked there. Because, because, of, the work, because of the workload that you'd put in. Yeah, I just worked all the time. It didn't worry me. Never yeah. minded at all. But um, I always remember that figure because it's kind of like, what? That's an awful lot of time extra that you did. But I, I worked seven days a week for the whole time. I didn't care less, right? Well, I had no transport at the time either. So you had Parkinson is the middle of nowhere. So you just stay there and enjoy it, which I did. But so then anyway, I was working there anyway. And then um, I got a, a request from what you call it, from a, a local man, okay, a Dutch man that lived locally, that used to come to the hotel. He had bought the, the Park Hotel in Kenmare, which is the old Great Southern. He had bought yeah. it in 1976. It was now 1979. And he, in, in 19, when I was there, when I was working in Park Hotel in 1978, he asked me to be general manager of the hotel and I laughed at him. I said, you must be joking. I said, I have so much to learn. I said, I, 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 I said, I, I, I won't do, I won't, I'm not interested in the job because if I fail at the first fence, I'm going over for life. So I need to go out into the world, learn plenty and then come back and maybe be that person. All right. So he said, oh, no, no, you could, you could, you could. And I said, no, 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 no. So I didn't. So anyway, that was fine. So then after my row with Great Southerns about money, I left and I went to work at the Victoria Hotel in Cork, which was the first hotel built uh, off the ground. The ground floor was retail. It was quite clever. Um, right. By the name, a man by the name of Power had owned the building. So he turned ground floor into retail, which was the Air Lingus office and other shops and uh, not Supermax. I don't remember the film. There, there was a fast food restaurant as well. So it was quite clever because he was getting marvellous rent off that. And then we went up to the first floor and the hotel started from the first to the fourth floor. So it was like, that was never done yeah. in Ireland before. Yeah. Although, mind you, afterwards, analysing it now, it was a bad plan because we had no parking and there was nowhere to go. And it kind of fell on that. You, you had to kind of put your car under your arm and bring it to the bedroom nearly okay. because there was nowhere to go with the car. So anyway, um, so I, I went to work for them. All right. And I was there for a year and then... I was having a row with them because the GM left and I should have got the job because I didn't work anyway, but I had loads of experience now with wages and that and all invoicing and everything. Like I learned all that there because I, in part of the that was all deep, departmentalized. I wasn't involved in it, right? But in the Victoria, it was all me. So I was getting great experience. So I worked there anyway. And then what somebody said one day, I was in the kitchen talking to the chef, there's a man in the bar to see you. And I went into the man in the bar and who was it? Only my Dutchman from two years before. And he says to me, listen, Francis, you got to come and work for me because I've had a Swiss um, manager for the last year in, in development with us. OK, and he's just left because the Irish would make a meeting for Tuesday, but they wouldn't come till Thursday and they'd make it for 11 o'clock and they wouldn't come till five. And he just can't cope. He can't so cope he's gone. Right. Yeah. So you have to do the job. Well, I said, I'm not, no, I'm not sure. But I said, leave it with me because that very day there was a board meeting that night. Um, uh, that evening to, and my discussion of whether I was going to be made general manager or not was the issue at, at my segment okay. 
So we went into the meeting and they all said, no, no, you're too young. You know, you're, we'd like to leave you in the job for six months as, you know, the, holding it just like, de- you know, just sort of stepping in for the GM who wasn't there anyway. And uh, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, I'll give you no promises. I said, I'll just punch. So the next morning I went to the airport, met my Dutch man, did a deal, came back to the hotel, gave my notice, left again. They owed me, I don't know. 22 days or something, whatever it was, because I always seemed to work all the time. And uh, I gave him notice and I left. And so then that, really, that really was a sliding door moment in your life because if they had offered the job as the general manager yeah. in, in the hotel in Cork, you might have gone a different direction. Yeah, I know, no, the big slide, the biggest slide door in my life. Here we go now with stories, I was telling you this. Okay, <laughs> when I worked at Park Nasilla, the Hilton chief came to stay, big boss, all right? Okay. And I thought, uh, I can't let him go now without talking to him because I want to go to America, as right. everybody did, all right? And, and, and probably still does in reality. But at that time, it was real big to go to America. So I had a little chat with him and he had a chat with me. And he said to me, there's my card, write to me. And, you know, there's no email now or anything like that those days. You wrote, okay? So I wrote him very nice lettering. And he wrote back and said, yes, please get in touch with a man by the name of Benny Martin. He's an Irishman and he works in, in, in Chicago and he's in charge of food and beverage for the whole region. So I wrote to Benny Martin and he wrote back and he says to me, by any chance, he says, is your mother's name Maura? And I went back and said, yes. And this is in letters because he had dated my mother on a bike up in Sligo. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> this is true now. Okay. Anyway, so Benny and I were doing all the, you know, send the papers and all that. Everything was shaped up very good. And then we had the postal strike. Now, you're too young to remember, but the postal strike went on for three months. And in, in Park Priscilla, we were on one of those phones where you had to, you know, talk to the PBX. You had to talk to the operator in the post office and she right. put you to, to New York or whatever. Okay? So, like, it was a big episode. So, and there was no phones because the phones were operated by the post. So there was no phones, no uh, post. And anyway, that was fine. So I didn't hear anything. So that was fine. So then anyway, when the hotel opened up, we got a mountain of post of which one of the letters was for me to go to the embassy in Dublin to collect my visa on the 11th of February of that year, okay, to go to work in America. But I never got the visa because, it, and then when I got the letter, I phoned the American embassy thinking they'd say, oh yeah, Francis, come on up. It's fine. It's one. No, no. Were you not here on the 11th? No, you can't get it. Go away. Yeah, I never went to America. So anyway. That's a sliding door. That one is right. But anyway, well, if we go because we 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 could probably have three or four different podcasts about the, the no. different section. But if we go to the Park Hotel and let's say over over the twenty year period from the time you took over the Park Hotel, let's say right up until two thousand eight when we had the recession time. What I'm interested in finding out is you you had this wonderful building, eighteen ninety seven, I think it was it was built. Yeah, and you obviously wanted to put your own stamp on it and your family stamp on it. And I'm wondering, with your travels, did you travel much during that period of time over those 20 years, looking at other hotels, looking at other five-star venues, whether it be in the States, whether it be in Europe or in Asia or anything like that? Where did the ideas come for you, come from, or were they all in your head that of how you wanted the Park Hotel to progress and to look? Well, we always wanted to give service. That was the thing. And first of all, we were all very young. Like the average age of the staff when we opened the hotel was 19, all right? Like a really, we were like we were kids, and I always remember the Americans would come and stay. You see, and they'd be looking around, and they—I know they were thinking, these must be all leprechauns, like <laughs> these little young fellas, all organised thing. And I remember service. Just one quick story about service. When we opened the hotel, maybe we were open two or three months. This man comes in and said he had a flash. Now I didn't even know what a flash was, all right, which is a puncture in right. my language or yours, all right. Yes. But he had a flash. Anyway, I thought, what has he got? <laughs> I'm not sure what he has. <laughs> but anyway, it turned out he had a puncture, and, and you know, and. I said, well, just give me the keys and we look after it, you see. And he said, what? I said, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do it for you. OK. And we have a policy that if we if we if if you get a flat or a puncture, OK, we pay for it. We don't ask you to pay because that's just unfortunate. And we're, we're quite prepared to take the hit. All right? right. So I took the keys. The porter changed the tire. We got it fixed. It didn't need a new tire. It just needed a, fun- a pinch fit. OK. And I, the next within three hours, I handed back the keys. said, that's all done. And he's looking at me to this day thinking, how did you do that so quick? Because in America, that would take like, you know, you have to be calling fellas and whatever, whatever. And they'd probably have a board meeting about it. And all this. <laughs> so, so we were always into service. So like that was one of the things. And we were so young 
people didn't quite understand how this all happened, you know. Um, now, I, I didn't, like, I didn't have great experience in hotels. We weren't a family that ever went to hotels as kids or anything like that. There was no, there was no money for that. Like, we might go, we used to go to a, a, a railway converted carriage with friends in Donabate as kids and loved every minute of it. And I could tell you more about that than I could tell you about going to the Four Seasons in New York nearly, all right? But um, as I did travel every year. I traveled extensively because we were closing much more then. We, like, we had two or three months closing before Christmas and two or three months closing before before, um, before uh, um, we opened in the summer, like for Easter. But, and I used to travel in America quite a bit. And what I did was I used to, when, I, when we started, I got on to, to Board Fulch at the time and I got all the brochures from Brian Moore and the Dare Tours and Ulster Bus and all these companies that had businesses, all right? Yeah. And I would go make it my business to go to them and to talk to them about getting business, all right? And even if they weren't able to give me a coach tour, because we used to take coach tours quite a bit in the early years, right? If they couldn't get me a coach tour, they'd give me FIT business, like maybe a chauffeur driver, whatever might be the case. And that's where we built up the business. And it was all because I managed to get the brochures and I was able to pull the brochures and find out where they lived and all the rest, okay? So um, in, in, in that sense, I was lucky enough to get good business in the early years. Now, it was at a price that didn't interest me later in years when things yeah. got better. But in the early days, we traveled a lot and we did all of that sort of like I'd go to America for a month uh, and then Tourism Ireland started doing tours of, of America, like up to 40 people traveling together doing a trade show. We did that for years and years and years. We do maybe eight or 10 cities every year Okay, where we'd go. So over the years, I built up that sort of thing. And then in latter years, I, I got to know all the top end travel agents, the carriage traders, as it's called in America. Okay, We were in Rally and Chateau, the hotel organization, which opened yeah. doors because people would know that that was a good, what you call it, that was a good um, place to be, um, uh, to be a member of, a group to be a member of. So we'd go and we'd work with them. And I worked with all those people. And to this day now, like I know them all, like if I'm in Dallas, I can go to anybody and chat away. And, you know, they all say, oh, Francis, now, I used to always bring something with me, all right? What I, what, it might be an Irish chocolate or it could be a little shamrock or shamrock seeds or something, all right? Right, some and, little gift, yeah. Yeah, and to this day, I know that when the door opens to the travel agent and someone walks in and they say, we want to go to Ireland, they generally have someone in the office who kind of specialised that. They say, go down to Mary there. And then she'll say, oh, yes, you have to stay with Francis in Kilmere. That's the way it works, all right? And then was that personal? Was that personal contact was very important for you, Francis, during that period of time, building up the relationship? I call that shoe leather tourism. Yeah, all right, because I am on the street. I mean, I remember I went with Mary Bow from Marfield House in Gorey. We were at a relay congress in Venice, and we I said we'll do five days afterwards, going to Turin, uh, Milan, uh, down to Siena, down to Rome, and we'll call to these ten travel agents. And I remember in Bologna, we were in Bologna walking the street and Mary was never great on the feet. OK, and um, we were about to go walk the street and she turns to me, she says, Francis, she says, you know, she says, oh, I'm exhausted. She says, if I paid you next year, would you do this and include me? <laughs> <laughs> and advertise her hotel, too. Yeah, you, you, like sell Barfi to House of Gory as well, <laughs> because she didn't want to have to walk all the street. Yeah, yeah. Like all that I was doing, running and racing, right? You know, and... Just to say, for those young, younger people in the church that might be watching, I don't know, back in 1984, 86, I can't remember exactly, okay, I'm in uh, Munich, and I'm going home after a day of five or six um, arranged uh, appointments, all right, and I see uh, Hapak Lloyd, I just, see the, I just see it on the street, a travel agency, and I go in, and I said, who deals with leisure travel? And she said, go upstairs to... Maria was the girl's name I can remember to this day. So I went up to Maria and I explained that we could take groups and we could bring it to the National Park in Killarney and you could go in a tent and you could do all sorts of things. Yeah. I'm making it up. Never did yeah. it in my life before, but it <laughs> sounds great. Anyway, two years later, she phones the park hotel to speak to the man that knows about tents in the, in the park. Okay. <laughs> and that was me. And I got the phone and we arranged two sellout weekends to uh, Maggie as an M-A-G-G-I, you know, the soups crowd. They're a yes. food company yeah. in Germany where they brought, they filled the hotel for two weekends. Right? We arranged with the, uh, what you call the army to buy it, to get a big, uh, huge um, uh, parachute from them, which would be, we put like up, it, it, parachute would be enough for dropping 
I don't know where we'd be dropping them, but we, they had the big parachute, God bless them in the army anyway. A huge parachute that they dropped tanks out of the airplanes. We, like we hadn't even got an airplane that would take a tank, but I don't know, we had the, we had the parachute anyway. So we put up this huge parachute and we put, they, they all got a tent and they had to stay and set themselves up. They had to go fishing the next day, which in October was grand, okay? No, September was grand, the last weekend of September and the second weekend of October. But between the second, the September and October, the fishing had closed. <laughs> and I, we couldn't, we couldn't fish, we weren't allowed fish. But I had bought 10 buckets of trout from a trout farm up in Wexford, all right? Which yeah. I threw into the river a, a half a mile up, which they all came down and they caught them for breakfast, all right? Anyway, we broke the law, we went ahead with it anyway. <laughs> I said, if the, if the inspector is up at 10 to 8 in the morning to look fair for play it. Too. exactly. Yeah, fair, he, he deserves, I'll pay the fine. <laughs> <laughs> but that just shows you about marketing. And that was just purely from walking in off the street, France. It was a complete cold call, yeah. only because I saw Hapak Lloyd. Up on the wall. Up on the thing. Right. Can I ask you one thing then, and then we'll move on to maybe more, more, more yeah. uh, recent times. The, the the customers and the guests that you would have had, let's say in that early twenty years, from nineteen eighty on to two thousand, would would they have been loyal customers? Would they've come back to you? Would you've literally yeah. would they've known your name when you when you came in? Would you yeah. you know was that part of the attraction for the Park Hotel at that point? Yeah, we built up a huge rapport with the guests, and still do to this day. Like, like this week now, as an example, I sent three mass cards to people that did, do stay with us. And there's an interesting aspect about that, too, as well, um, that would have stayed with us for years and years and years, because I would be that close to know, you know that we would be in touch with them. Right. And, you know, we built a spa in uh, the early, early 2000s. All right. Um, because we had a situation with the demographic of, of guests where the demographic of the guests was getting old, 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 right? right. And now it was great business, but they were going to die. God forgive me. All right, as we're all going to, so I shouldn't be worried. Um, so John said, we better do something to get our demographic down, all right? So we built a beautiful spa, which is world-renowned, uh, called Samos. And that meant that we took our average age of guests, probably from mid-50s to 60s, down to 35s to 45 and Which you would it? put that, you would purely put that down because the, the introduction of the spa brought down the demographic of your guests. Oh, you, oh absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's no question. And now those people are all in their 50s and 60s. So I'm thinking <laughs> in about 10 years time, we have to think of something else. But what that will be, I have no idea. I have no idea. What <laughs> What's going be. to be the new project to bring the younger people yes. back? Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. So if, if we move on to, let's say, after after recession, obviously that was a very difficult time for everybody in, in the industry. And... Uh, that recovery period from, let's say, 2011, 2012, up until 2019, before before the COVID, and that real peak time. Yeah. I mean, the the introduction of flights from all over the world, the extra flights from the US, um, more money being around, the quality of the hotels, and Ireland as a product, because Ireland as a product hugely um, was a lot easier for you to sell, I'm sure, Ireland Inc. During that period of time, after the recession, when did you feel you kind of had turned the corner a little bit after that recession? How long did it take before you sort of said, we're back on the right track here now? Well, we had bank issues, all right, as everybody had, because we built, a, we built an apartment block of 18 apartments. We sold the first one in 2008 for 1.7 million, all right, in the field in Kenmare. Not a bad price, Not a bad right? price, yeah. We sold the second one, which is smaller in size, for 1.2 million, all right? And we never sold another one for eight years. Right. Oh. Well, well. And people would think that we had the money to build the apartment block. Well, it cost us about 17 million to build it. Right. And we had borrowed that money because we didn't have that money. OK. Yeah. We, and it was all pledged against the park. So we had a very difficult period um, during that. Unknowns to anybody, of course, because it was all just ourselves in the bank. But John, my brother, who deals with the bank mostly more than I, um, we always we always asked for the meeting. We always explained where we were. Right. We were completely always ahead of the bank. A lot of people, when they owed the bank money, they dodged them. Okay. But we didn't. Do now, we had no great story because we weren't doing, there was nothing being sold. Okay. But we were trying different things and hopefully that we did this and did that or whatever. Okay. Anyway, eventually we took in, a, actually we took in a partner because we needed to tidy up life. All right. And we have no bank debt today now, not a right. penny. All right. So we're very comfortable. And that's one thing in the present recession that we're thankful for because we're not under pressure to pay the bank any money which is a, a blessing and few people would have that, uh, that sure. uh, Certainly, uh, yeah 
yeah, at the moment. So we're not, so that, but we did have nightmare, <laughs> nightmare um, uh, situations like the bank. We went to a meeting in Killarney, which John had asked for, okay. And when we went into the bank, I knew that when we went in, I thought, oh, the desk had absolutely nothing on it, only a phone, nothing. And a man we never saw before, who was from Mexico, all right? And I thought, oh God. So anyway, Mr. Mexico says that they're not happy and that they're going within two weeks, they're going to put the hotel on the market and um, that they would hope we would support it. So John says, well, I'm not supporting it because I have a business out the road and I won't be supporting another business against me out the road, so I won't be supporting it. And I said, well, I said, we'll come back to you. Okay, so we got in the car and I said to John, John, we just have to find somebody with money to help us. Anyway, so that led to... We're with the Nocturns now who are Glen Diplex. And listen, we couldn't have better people. We've right. done so much. We're, it's absolutely, it was the best decision, okay? Although I lost a bit of the business, okay? But it was the best decision we ever made. And it's great because they think big and they're outside the business and it's great for us. And that gives you that that cushion that you don't have to yeah. be worrying about the day-to-day uh, revenue uh, issues that are, yeah. are coming yeah. up. Yeah, well, there's, we're, 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 like, we, we're fine on revenue. We're, like, we have, <laughs> excuse me, we have no problems today, all right? Great. Yeah. Excellent. Well, look, at you're in one of the lucky positions. If we move on to the current situation, Francis, with, with COVID and, and last year, I know you, you told me that you were in the States last year when it happened and none of us could foresee what was coming down the line with regard to tourism, in, in certainly in this country um, and all over the world. I mean, tourism was such a massive 260,000 jobs, I think, directly uh, tourism related in Ireland. When did you realise that, hang on a minute, this is really serious and this will impact my business and my day-to-day life? Um, I suppose about June of last year, when it all kept going and going and going, like, and you couldn't do this, you couldn't travel there, and you couldn't do this. I'm thinking, uh, you know, uh, are we ever going to open? Because we were closed at that stage, then we closed. We closed in April, was it last year? Or March. Um, we were closed from March and we opened up again in July. Um, we opened on the 10th of we could have opened on the second, I think, but they told us so late we didn't have anything on the books. And every day that you're open in the parks is not a cheap exercise because we have a lot of staff. So yeah, we decided sure. we'd open on the 10th. So when we opened on the 10th, I was hopeful that that might be the end of it, right? So, but as we went on, I noticed like nothing's changing in the medical world. It's getting worse, okay? And then other countries were, and then uh, America, which is our one of our biggest foreign markets, right, um, was in a situation where they were like, Mr. Trump was causing trouble and he wasn't a bit interested in, he kept saying that was a joke, which was like, what is wrong with that man? But anyway, um, so I knew then we were going to be in trouble. Okay. And then they closed us again in October. Um, which if you look, if you look at that period, Francis, between July and October, the, the guests that you would have had, okay, you would have had some returning guests, but a lot of the guests you would have had would have been new to the Park Hotel because American space would have been yes, that's right. left Absolutely. out and wouldn't have come. So how was that for you and your staff last year to try and deal with a completely new customer base coming into you? And was that exciting? And do you think... There's a legacy there from last year. In other words, oh, people people had such a good time to would say, well, we're absolutely going to the Park Hotel again, even if we do a foreign holiday. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. That's exactly what uh, it could be said, allowing for the fact that we had no business or whatever last year, to only for those few months, that it, was, it would be good for us in the long term. Because we got loads of new customers, loads of families that were never with us before. That absolute Now, Ken Mayer offers an awful lot. And the hotel is, we have a beautiful pool and we have tennis courts and we have the golf club next door. Like we have a lot going. Yeah. Uh, that's right beside, you don't have to move the car. Do you know what I mean? Which from a parent point of view is great. Um, so in that sense, we got an awful lot of, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, extra business, you know. And nowadays, you know, thanks to the, the German retailers who came into Ireland, everybody comes prepared for weather. Like years ago, you'd be running, looking for a raincoat or a pair of Wellingtons, wherever else, you know. But nowadays, everybody just kind of, when they're going away, and especially on large holiday, they throw them in the back of the car. So go, and you know, we have the people laugh at me because I always make the best of everything. We have um, uh, near us here, we have a, a huge waterfall, you know, and uh, I send people down there. Gosh, I can't even remember the name for now, but not to worry. Um, I send people there, you know, it's a bad, wet day. I said, wait, I said, wrap up go down, I said it is, now it is fantastic, it's 10 times better than um, Power Scort, which is brilliant, all right, okay, and they go down, and then people say to me, I, people say, oh, but like, it's, it's raining, well, I said, are you listening to me now, there won't be a waterfall without the rain, so you're very lucky to be here on the rainy day, get down there quick, and you know, 
they go down and they absolutely adore it. Yeah. As a simple day out. You they did this, it's very well laid out. There's lovely walks, big and small, and uh, picnic tables and all sorts of things. So it's, it has a lot going for it. And it's a great day. And the waterfall is you actually the, the, the bridge goes over the top of the waterfall like Niagara and you look down. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well, I mean, Ireland, and I think a lot of people found that out last year. Ireland's just a stunning place and stunning locations all, all across the West Coast and South Coast and North Coast, wherever it may be. The one element before I leave that was Irish people are kind of used to going away on foreign holidays and the value of the foreign holidays will be quite good. And I remember speaking to some hoteliers last year and the cost of a five-star hotel in Ireland would be probably more than a lot of people are used to paying. Yeah, that's true. And, and they found it that it might have been difficult to persuade people to come in the, in the first place. But when they did come, they saw the product. When they did come, they saw what went into the product and the price could be justified. Was that something that you found? Was it easy to get people in with the, with the costings and then show, well, this is what, this yeah. is, you're getting value for money here? Last year, we had absolutely no kickback on cost. Like when you phoned up, and I think our average room rate last year was about 470 right 400 a night okay right um uh, and no, there was no kickback like we just said that's our price people said that's fine i want four nights now last year people stayed much longer than usual too we had families staying for five and seven nights which we never did we never saw that from the irish market that much before only a very few families would have done it okay so but everybody i we like everybody left kenmare last year after been at the park very happy there was nobody not happy which was a great which is for us to, yeah yeah, wonderful. I mean, I was so excited by that. The fact that the Irish market, one, would pay the price, okay, and two, would understand that the level of service and quality that we gave was worth it. Now, also, we're a smaller five-star hotel, if you know what I mean. We only have 47 bedrooms, so we don't, like, we're not, it's not a bit, we're not packed out. Yeah. And I think people took that into account, too. There was, like, no, our rooms, a lot of our bedrooms are very large, like, 80% of them are big rooms, they're not small. So there was no problem about space or people staying on the ground floor and that. And they felt we did everything right. Um, actually, we, we, were in, we were an interesting place because when Ireland closed first in March, that's why I hesitated about the date, I couldn't remember. Yeah. When Ireland closed, we actually went two weeks longer as a hotel open using all the protocols we set them up ourselves we yeah. didn't ask it there was no nobody was telling us at that time what you could or couldn't do and when we opened then again we really had no trouble because we already done it for two weeks you were already in place yeah you weren't obligated you weren't obligated to close you had you, you were told to close but you didn't have to close, That's have to close. Yeah. i mean you would have a very positive outlook uh on on things in, in, in throughout life i'm sure in general with regard to two things coming forward, one is I know the Hotel Federation, uh, Elena Fitzgerald Kane, uh, has spoken about clarity and trying to speak, trying to get clarity from the government of when you can reopen again. In other words, to tell your clients, okay, from the first of July this year, we can we you can we can welcome you back. Now I know it's not possible for them maybe to do that at this point, but how frustrating is it for you at this point not to be able to tell your clients? And are you finding it difficult? And the second part of that is. During the lockdown, yourself and John purchased the Lansdowne Hotel, which is just across the road from you. And it's an, actually an older building. I think 1790 is the Lansdowne yeah, Hotel. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so to purchase something like that in the middle of a global pandemic, it's brave. But it also means that you must be excited about bringing people down, maybe in the four-star market. Yeah, that's true. Okay, it'll be three-star. It'll be just... Uh, three-star, okay. Yeah, but anyway, that's just... Yeah, now, first of all... Um, oh, yeah, about opening, all right? Yeah. We, 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 took, we weren't taking any bookings until the 1st of June, never. Because I said, there's no way we're going sure. to open. I could see it, like, there was, like, just look and see what's happening and all this, there was no way. And then when they started doing the, suggesting the timeline for the uh, vaccine, I, I'm kind of a bit disappointed. I don't know what we're at here when everybody else seems to be able to get millions of people vaccinated. We're footering around, delighted that we got 80,000 last week or whatever it was. Like, I don't know, I don't quite understand what's taken so long, but anyway. I think the whole country is thinking like that. Yeah. But um, so I, we never, we weren't taking bogus until the 1st of June. Okay, we might now, Michal Martin stuff at the midsummer. What's midsummer? We don't know. That's a great conundrum. It's very vague. Yeah. 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 So, but we were only taking bogus on the 1st of June. So we're, I'm not, I, I know people would have been taking bogus for May and maybe even, maybe Easter. Well, actually, I do. I know, actually, <laughs> you'll enjoy this. The, the, uh, a very famous politician was booked with us for Easter. All right. Right. 
I saw it covered through. I said, oh, does he know something that I don't know? But <laughs> I, I stood by my book, by, by my thing and saying, like, there's no way we're going to be, sorry, we're not going to be open for Easter. And he was saying, why are you not going to be open for Easter? I said, well, I don't think we're going to be open for Easter. I said, I'll take the booking, but I'm not. I was, it wasn't open for bookings. We weren't. Right. If you went online, it was only from the 1st of June, but I took the booking anyway. But anyway, I'm proved right. It won't be open it for Easter. Okay? Yeah. So that would be the thing. And then the Lansdowne. Yeah, well, the Lansdowne came up. It's very close to us here, okay? We, John, my brother runs from Quinn Manor, which is a wedding venue, basically, out the road with, um, uh, I think he's 68 weddings booked for this year on paper. Now, there's half of them probably gone now because of the carry-on. But he would be able to fill that hotel probably for three nights a week for a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night every week with 20, oh, it's 20, it was 26 rooms. We're making 28. We're, we're getting two extra rooms out of it in a space that was there anyway. Um, so we will have a 28 bedroom hotel available and also it's it's very well liked by the town and it's in a prominent position when you drive in it's right in front of you we're going to make it look very attractive and we're going to put in an interesting uh, restaurant concept uh, that we're working on at the moment which I can't say any more about at the minute but it would be very keen and it sits at the top of the town we have planning permission through the county council to use that space at the top of the town which is cordoned off which will create a lovely space for people to look at and sort of say oh we'll go back up there so even though they might not park there they might come back up afterwards so we're quite confident now first of all to give credit to the previous owners okay uh, that we bought a site on scene actually because we didn't get into it because they weren't allowed to show because of the flipping oh, COVID yeah. you know that's right but then when we got the case and got in we actually we didn't move we didn't get into it I think until about maybe the 20th of December just before Christmas okay but we could have actually opened up that day Mm. Every single room was in perfect nick. There was a bit of a leak in one room, but that was the only thing that would have meant we couldn't sell that room because every bed was made, every everything, soap and shampoo on the on the bath and all. Like, it was unbelievable. It was like like the Marie Celeste, the ship, you know, that was found after all those years that with nobody on it. Here was this hotel with nobody in it mm. and everything ready to go, which is a credit. Spotless kitchen, spotless bar was a credit to the previous owners. But... um. It's not, it, it, we're, we stripped out all the rooms and we stripped out the bar and the restaurant. So we're going to, we're revamping the whole thing to a kind of a trendy three-star town hotel. Is that exciting for you, Francis? Because obviously in, in, with your TV stuff, you would have gone around and helped people put new designs and, and, and freshen out yeah. their, the building. Is that something now that all of a sudden it's you and your brother can go in here and you're kind of in a position where you can do it for yourselves? Is it different well, than you doing it for yourselves? Yeah. Yeah, we like we we um, architecturally looked at every room and just thought, you know, what would be the best and all the rest. And we're working, we're working with um, furniture makers now to make units that will be nearly self-clean and like it's very going to be going to be clever from an operation point of view. It'll be very easy, all right. Like we we, we didn't we didn't change, you know. Normally, when you're going, you have to chase walls and to move plugs and all the rest. Okay, we just put the whole headboard at the back of the bed is is on a spring it can come out so we could do all the electrics in behind there and then just punch a little hole through like it's all quite clever we there's not dirty work going on in the Lansdowne which is good and uh we're it's it's um of course a lot of us is on hold now at the moment because yeah. we can't we can't do we have our two our own two um boys working there right we have a maintenance team too and they're they're there we're doing a, there's a big job happening at the park as well which i won't say any more about moment but that'll right. be opening when we open whenever we're allowed to open that'll be on the to be complete change completely 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 changed ground floor wonderful. so that'll be wonderful it, for your guests yeah. for new guests and yeah. existing francis if we look for before we we, we wind up the, the conversation if we look forward to 2022 because american market is a huge market for you um yes are you optimistic that the american market will come back will want to come back and will have access to come back with regard to flights yeah, flights might be a problem. Although I see, like I saw, saw yesterday, where Lufthansa are coming back to Cork, which is good news. And um, that was only just announced yesterday, the day before, which is an international carrier coming back to Ireland this year. Now he's coming back in June, all right, which is good. Okay. And um, I think as we roll out the, the vaccine, and America is very good at rolling out the vaccine. So, and educated people that would be travelers will all take the thing. And provided we're all, um, what you call it, vaccinated over here. I think it'll bounce back fairly fast. And I think the airlines, they have the planes. I mean, there's planes sitting all over the place, all right? Um, uh, a colleague of yours has 17 cars parked in Drumquina. At the moment, I was down there the other day. I thought, what's going on here? All right. And I see uh, all these 
BMWs, all right? Parked up, um, yeah. Yeah, parked up. And, you know, Which like, is a shame. It's, it's, it's well, so it's fri- going to see. Well, it's frightening. Sorry now. And you're the yeah. same, you know, the yeah. coach business. It's frightening yeah. for a car or a coach because it's depreciating. That's right. All right. Huge. Like my, my hotel bedroom is not depreciating. So I, I feel for you terribly, all people in, in transport, um, uh, what you call it, in Killarney, uh, Michael, Mike. Mike Buckley and Buckley, yeah, Bruno, like, and, 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 Bruno and, and all those yeah, yeah. Because their asset is depreciating in front of their for eyes. Sure. And, there's, and you can't, there's nothing you can do. You can, right? do I mean, yeah. can you ask a fellow to get into a 2019 car when you open? Do you know? Like, it's just the way it is. But anyway, um, but I think that the hotel business internationally will bounce back fairly smartly uh, for 22 i think all right provided vaccinations are and the countries that would be like they might be going to angola or they might be going to nigeria or whatever where there wouldn't be that maybe a full rollout by that time of vaccine but they would come to ireland they would come to ireland provided we have the lift to get us in uh, i think we'd be okay France, before we finish up, one of the one of the aspects within the tourism business is our staff. And we've spoken on many podcasts in the past with regard to, certainly for us, with regard to drivers and with regard to guides and with regard to hotel staff and with regard to people in the in the ITOA company. So staff is huge. Um, but one of the things we, when we spoke about it earlier was one of the rituals that you do every year with, with the park before COVID was your staff used to always go on a, on a holiday every year. And it became oh, yeah. a kind of a ritual. Can you tell yes. me some of the places that you would have end, ended up on and maybe even some of the stories that might have happened on, the, on those holidays. Well, we went to, what you call it, we went to uh, Las Vegas in the millennium year. Now, I tell you how, how the staff holiday works, okay? People want to give us, we don't have um, service charge in the park, okay? Um, so people want to give us something for staying, you know, and they'd say to me, can I give you something, would you mind? And they might say, give you 200 euros, whatever it might be, all right? Well, now, if I divide two, we have 72 staff, if I divide 200 euros to 72 staff, they all get 250, all right? They barely a pint, not even a pint, half pint right. downtown. <laughs> so it's nothing. And I always say travel is a memory for life, okay? A pint from a tip downtown is nothing, all right? right. So... Over the years, um, I would keep all that money together, okay? Uh, now, it could be substantial. Some years, it could be like 30 grand, right? And then some years, it might be 15. You never know what it's going to be, all right? But I would always top up to the holiday that we decided to go on, all right? I remember when we were going on the <laughs> on the holiday, John, my barman, John, my actually works with me here in Cameroon, with us still, and it will be, please God, forever. Um, John, uh, we were going to... Las Vegas, all right? And we were going with Delta out of Shannon and we went up the night before and we stayed in the airport hotel. And the manager at the time said, why don't you go over in the morning, everybody, and check in, then come back and have your breakfast and then go back and get on the flight because check-in opened three hours before and that was a great idea. So we went over. But anyway, prior to leaving the park, on the say we were going on the Saturday on the holiday, on the Tuesday in the front hall of the park was John Archie's suitcase, like ready to go. I'm thinking, what? I'd be like throwing stuff at the case at 12 o'clock on Friday night. So he said, oh yeah, I have it all set up. It's all there. Okay. Anyway, John, my brother, who's a desperate practical joker. Okay. And our housekeeper at the time um, decided that they, they knew the lock number because John had borrowed, my brother had borrowed the case and he knew the number. So they opened the case. All right. They took two blankets and all the magazines from the lounge. Okay. In, and they were put, they took all his clothes out, put it in another bag. All right. Put the thing in. And then as the bag was closing, there was two, um, grapefruits sitting on the desk of the park because someone was when we closed the stuff left food left over and everybody brings home what they want so obviously somebody took the two grapefruits left them on the desk and didn't take them home so i threw them in all right so we got to that was fine so the, and the lock the case again i brought his clothes in another bag all right which i had okay um so anyway we get to the airport all right and uh, we get to, yeah we get to shannon we stay overnight he comes down the next morning and he's carrying this little bag. I thought he would have opened the bag upstairs in his room as everybody would, all right? No, no, he had his toothbrush and his toilet bag in this bag and he was going to put it into the other bag when he got to the airport. So we go over to the airport anyway and he is, is there. And then the girl says to me, you know, I was waiting for everybody to arrive as a group to check in. And she says, no, 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 they can go ahead individually. It's fine. So I said, all right, John, go ahead there. So he goes up to security. Now, you know, you know you're, you've done it. Yes. They don't take any messing, all right? <laughs> so in his bag, he has two blankets, 12 magazines and two grapefruit, all right? <laughs> and I see him bending down, you see, and he's going to open the bag. And I thought, no, John, you can't open the bag here. No, he's, he's talking to Mrs. Security, all right? <laughs> now she said to him, what have you got in the bag? But he thought, she said, when you open the bag, so he bends down and he opens the bag 
and out flies a, a, a grapefruit, you see? <laughs> so I shot over, kicked the grapefruit miles up the aisle, like a way up out of the one's way. And he's looking, I just pushed my knee at the back and said, John, close it. So John closed, now John is, he's one of these people, he gets really annoyed, all right? If he's really upset, okay. So now he goes up and he checks in and gives in the bag, all right? And he comes out and I said, John, it's okay. He got so annoyed. He had such a fight with, with my housekeeper that she says, I'm not going. I said, no, no, Joanne, you have to go because your bag has gone in. You can't get your bag back. You can come to America and go home the same minute, but you have to come to America. Anyway, we sorted it all out. It was all right. Yeah. But I'll always remember the grapefruit popping out and his face looking at, what in the name of God is that? And, so many, had great and many of the staff would have gone, what, what would be the biggest group, a number of staff you would have brought? It, it, 55. 55 on a staff holiday. Yeah, but we generally run around mid-40s because people can't come because there might be Wonderful. like a birthday or granny's 100 or whatever. You know, there's, there's always reasons why people can't go, you know. So uh, we would go. But we've gone now. We've been like to, Is, uh, to Israel. We went to Elash one year. We've been to Sharm el-Sheikh. We've been to Cyprus. We had like, well, we've done 41 holidays, I think it is. Wonderful. Right? Yeah, this is 41. the first we missed, which is a pity because I gave them all the money, divided it up accordingly and gave them all the money. And they don't even know they got it now. Yeah, but they'll never shame. forget Las Vegas. They'll the never travel. forget. Yeah, travel. The travel is so. wonderful. Before The last thing I'm going to ask you about, Francis, is about your diary. I read that you have a diary and you've kept it <laughs> since 1966. And you've also, I think, you have a new, your new book, The Home yeah, no, Keeper's Diary. diary yeah, which is a, um, a, but a I'm diary. intrigued. I'm intrigued to figure out, I'm not going to go through since 1966, but I'm intrigued to figure out in the last year, in the COVID time, has it been difficult to write that diary in the last year? Because you would have been such a, a busy person between the hotel, between TV, between writing books. And has, has that been an unusual feeling to write a diary from a day when nothing really has happened that much? That's completely, you're absolutely right. There are times when I think, what in the name of God am I going to write in the diary? And I'd write in, I had a cod dinner or caught mackerel or something, whatever would be the case, right? Because there will be nothing to write. And I am like, like, I never have nothing to write. Never. I always, every day, have something to be, like, like not yesterday, the day before, we were filming all day in Trunkina for At Your Service next year, all right? Because we were doing uh, Zoom calls to the four houses we're working with, all right? So we'd always be doing something, do you know what I mean? And, uh, like, all of a sudden, then, there's, I, I, now I used to be looking for Zooms <laughs> or webinars to go in on, which I had a good, actually, I had a few very good ones, all right? And the Irish Hospitality Institute were very good, you know, they, they've had very good sessions over the, over the thing. Um, like they did, one this, they did one this week now on mental health and nutrition, which I thought, oh, really, I don't know if I want. But actually, they were excellent. I really enjoyed them. Um, so the fact that the, I, 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 I'd have something to write about that night now if there was something for like sure. But you were absolutely right. Difficult year to write the diary when I, I mean, I was locked up here for uh, all of March, April, and May. I didn't go out at all. It was really, really good, you know. Um, that the must have been difficult for you. It must have been really difficult. And I mean, a lot of people, not, not even just the hotel industry, but generally Irish people are, are finding it really difficult. They've had to, they've had to endure yeah. a lot over the last 12 months. Absolutely. And then you're used to being with people. You're always with people. So therefore, that was a wonderful thing. But, but you notice, I'm great. I've, I've always been like this. This is what it is and get on with it. Get on with it, yeah. That's what I said, yeah. Well, listen, so, Francis, you're very good for taking the time to talk to us today. Sorry, I mean, no. it's a real positive outlook, hopefully for people in the hotel industry as well, too, as we come back into recovery. I hope they get a good July and August and September this year and hope the park has as well. And it'll be a little while longer, I think, for, for us in the international uh, um, uh, tourism side of things with, with transporting around the country. But we all know it will recover. It'll just take it'll just take some time. Yeah. get the, If we all get the vaccine, that's the most important thing. And don't be fussing about what vaccine you're getting. Just take the one they give you. And we don't be thankful. Be Listen, thankful thank you very that. much again, Francis. All right. Thanks, Fergus. Talk to you then. Bye.